Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Hello, hello, my friends. I am so excited you are joining us for another episode of Breast Cancer Conversations. This one is a short and sweet and empowering conversation with Amy Parliament. I know all of us out there as what I like to call our superhuman power is that we have this gut feeling, this intuition. We can tell when something isn't right with our bodies. And how often do we tell ourselves we have to advocate? We have to be our own best advocate. We have to speak up when something's not right. I'm turning things over to Amy so she can give you her personal experience and her tips of when she knew that she was experiencing breast cancer progression and really needed to advocate for additional scans and screenings. And thank goodness she did. Welcome to the conversation. I found my cancer the first time as well. For two years, I went back and forth to the doctor and I'm like, something doesn't feel right in my breast. And they're like, no, it's, it's nothing. It's your imagination. It's a ligament. And so it ended up being my original cancer was in the fold. Well, I don't stand in front of the mirror and dance and look at myself. So I didn't see it. So by the time I found my first cancer, it had grown to the skin. So I had the dimpling with my medical knowledge. I felt embarrassed that I didn't know sooner, but I was going and nothing was showing it because I have dense breasts never had any children. There's no history of cancer in my family, except a grandmother. And they don't even know what type of cancer because they didn't ask years ago what it was. So found the first cancer and then had to advocate for myself and push because I was um, 39. I was, yeah, I was 39. And they're like, you're too young. You don't have it. And I'm like, yes. And so every step of the way was an argument. I do medical imaging. I um, am an MRI technologist first and foremost before managing. So I often was the test that told the lady what line of treatment she was going to get and swore from day one. If I ever got diagnosed, I was walking in, we were cutting both of them off and moving forward because I just watched progression and watched other things. So then I had my first diagnosis, getting to my five-year mark, getting ready to get off of the hormone therapy and had just come to terms with getting my port out. I kept my port for five years because I kept feeling like I'm going to get, I'm going to have something that comes back. So I didn't want to give up my port when they would talk about removing it. I would have a meltdown sitting every month when they were like, you can get rid of it. You can get rid of it. And on the fifth, right before my five-year mark, I felt a pain. I was standing and I felt a pain on my back. And I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Um, I have scoliosis. I had brain surgery. So I've very familiar with the medical community on the other side. So I went back to the oncologist and I'm like, something's not right. And she drew some blood work and my cancer markers were a little elevated. When I say a little elevated, I mean like 0.10. And I'm like, no, something's going on inside my body. I think we need to do a scan. So I had just graduated to six months and we were going to move to the year mark because here I am at five years. And I'm like, can we just do a scan? did a scan and there it was, the mass in the back. So here we go with all the testing. And a lot of people ask, they're like, you don't press for a PET CT. I have lobular cancer, mine metastasized to my bone first. So for me, a CAT scan and a bone scan 
was the better test for my type of cancer, the type of hormones. But I was a rarity. I too was like these other people on the call that I, my cancer changed properties. So I went from ERPR positive to now I'm slightly ER positive. So I am still on my first line of treatment. I'm 43 cycles in, but I need you to know every month when I go to get blood work, I hold my breath until I see my tumor markers because with every ache and pain, you wonder, I've been getting Vasilidex shots, 43 of those in my buttocks so that it's sitting on the nerve. So when I have leg pain, I don't know, is it from the shots? Is it cancer? Is it something else? And I still image women. So I know that stuff happens. People listen to their body. So the one thing I can tell you, if you have an ache or a pain, you got to tell your doctor, you can't hide that. And that's how each time I found my cancer prior to medical imaging, we've either done a test a few months before that didn't pick it up. So in a matter of three to six months, it's grown, it's done something. So literally you have to know your body. You'll know if the medicine's working, not working. I, I think that that's my biggest thing that one of the reasons I have stayed working is because for as long as I can, I want to be a voice out there on the front lines for women to realize you got to you got to talk to your doctor. You got to be educated. You don't have to know all the medical terms, but you know, if you feel something or you know something, and if you don't get the answer you want, you keep going, you go to a different doctor, you go somewhere else until somebody listens. Amy, thank you so much for sharing your experience, both professionally as a tech and then also living with lobular breast cancer, metastatic disease, and how you had to really advocate for yourself because you had this gut feeling, this intuition that something just wasn't right. Thank you so much. I know I feel empowered after this conversation. I hope all of our listeners do too. And thank you all for listening and tuning in week after week here on Breast Cancer Conversations. Please be mindful that all of our content and information is for educational purposes only and is never a substitute for medical advice. If you want to hang out again, please check out survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events, where you can RSVP to our Thursday Night Thrivers weekly meetup, our Movement Monday classes, workshops, seminars, and so much more. We can also continue the dialogue online via social media. Our Instagram handle is survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, and you can follow us on Twitter at SBC underscore ORG. Until next time, keep on thriving.